Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. We're brought to you today by Tough Love Screenwriting, a brass knuckles, boots on the ground guide to building a paid professional screenwriting career written by veteran working screenwriter John Gerald, available now on Amazon.com. And there's a link on our site for your convenience. For more great interviews and resources on the craft and business of writing, be sure to check out our companion website, scriptsandscribes.com. But first, we have on the show a manager and producer who graduated from the Art Institute where she studied film and television. She found her calling, though, while working at Circle of Confusion before starting her own company, Kaylee Marsh Management and Production, where she represents screenwriters and directors for film, television, and new media. She's also well-known for founding the annual Bloodlist in 2009, which highlights the best unproduced dark genre screenplays of the past year. I'm very pleased to have on the show Kaylee Marsh. Thanks for coming on, Kaylee. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing well. You know, we like to get to know guests when they come on the show a little bit. So before getting into the business aspect of it and what you do and the Bloodlist and all that great stuff... Um, I know you're from Florida, and you came to California to go to the Art Institute. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your transition from the Art Institute to working in the industry and, you know, what inspired you to want to work in the industry and all that kind of stuff. Well, when I was, uh, you know, at, at AI, I went to the Art Institute of Los Angeles. Like, the program there for the bachelor is just three years all year round. Mm-hmm. And so probably my last year, I mean, it, it was one of those things where it's like, I didn't necessarily even want to go to college. I, I liked the artist too, because we were shooting and acting and directing and editing and doing all of the actual filming of things. So that was fun. Um, but probably my last year, I started interning at a company called Osla, mm-hmm. which I actually don't even know if it exists anymore, but it's Takechi Say's company. Um, he did like Ringu and Juan, like, you know, Ring and Grudge and all the movies that the J-Horror remakes were uh, remakes of. So I started doing there during the writer's strike. So I think it was end of 2007. And then basically, like, I kind of finished my program and they were like, hey, do you want to stay or what do you want to do? And Aaron Eggers, who was the VP at the time, was really nice and was like, I'll help you find something else. And I was like, you know, I want to work for a horror producer if possible. And at the time, I lived next to Paramount. So I was like, I, I want to work for a horror producer on the Paramount lot. And um, she happened to be friends with this guy, Steven Schneider, who at the time had just found Paranormal Activity. He had just found it um, at Scream Fest, and they were starting to do, like, the first screening. So I interned with him for a while, and then it sort of transitioned into an assistant position with him, and he was working with Jason Blum at the time. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's kind of how And, like, I don't know. Like, I would be lying if I said that I think college helps me at all like I don't want to like deter anyone from going to college but for me you know the internships were how I got my foot footing you know and right that sort of real world experience and on the job training kind of stuff exactly now before we get into your managing and producing which I'm sure a lot of our uh, mm-hmm. listeners are very interested in I wanted to talk about the uh, blood list a little bit Okay. Now, the blood list, where did it where did you come up with the idea for the blood list and uh you know, where is it headed? I know you're expanding, doing some expansion on it and all that kind of stuff. It's weird because it's like I never set out to make what it is now. Like mm-hmm. I never wanted to do anything like the blacklist. Like the blacklist is great. I had absolutely zero or to do anything like that. Um, but that being said, I've always loved horror my entire life and so when I was working with Steven Schneider, you know, I was fortunate that he's like a fuck it, sorry, uh, he's um, like a crazy genre guru. So 
so at the time I was getting a lot of screeners and meeting with a lot of filmmakers and mm-hmm. reading a lot of scripts and getting my hands on anything I possibly could in the horror space. So when I moved to Circle, you know, by the time I moved to Circle as an assistant, um, Circle of Confusion that is, I had all these contacts who were like, oh, Kaylee loves horror. So from that, I started like a screening series of like finding super hard screeners. Like at the time it was like the Antichrist and the Human Centipede and the Loved Ones and you know, Disappearance of Alice Creed and, like, all the genre movies that were hot um, at the festivals, like, you know, a couple of years ago, like, I guess, like, six years ago now, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm like, holy shit. But, uh, but, yeah, so through that, like, it, you know, more and more people started to hear about it and bigger and bigger executives. And that's the thing is, like, I never really wanted to work at a company. You obviously have to, but for me, it's, I, I knew early on, like, if you know the right people, you can have a business. So mm. I was also looking for an organic and fun way to meet new people and bigger executives that I wouldn't necessarily meet. So started the screening series at my friend um, at the time, Eric Lieb and Alex Franklin's house. And, you know, it grew and grew. And so finally, I started a tracking board, which, you know, were way more prevalent when I was an assistant. Now they're, you know, not really. I mean, there's a couple. But I started one called Tracula as, like, a way to basically just invite 50 people at a time instead of having to put all their email addresses in an email. Um, <laughs> and from there, it was really organic. Like I was working at Circle. I was, you know, I had two bosses. We had a lot of clients who were covering. I was helping cover studios. Um, and everyone was like, what are you reading? And I was like, I'm reading Circle of Confusion clients. Like I'm making like $5 an hour and busting my ass. Like I can't <laughs> just read extra there's no time to read extra stuff when you're an assistant, in my opinion. Like, right. it's depending on where you work. But as a management assistant, like, holy crap. Um, so, yeah, so long story less long, like, people were asking me. I said, I'm reading Circle stuff. And then basically to my board, I was like, what's everyone else reading? I'll put it together in a list, and I'll send it off to the board. And I was like, I'll call it the blood list, like, literally as a joke. And Did you say out, it just like um, that, too? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know. I mean, God, I was like, I was like 21 or something. Like, it was so right. long ago. Like, I don't even remember. But I remember, you know, I had actually, like, the story, like, is actually that I had quit Circle of Confusion. I was, like, PAing on Inception at the time. I remember sending out the email, and then one of my bosses calling me and being like, your LinkedIn got linked to, like, Tracking B. And it says your quote is, you're too creative for your position at Circle of Confusion. Let me give you his info so he can change that. And so that was like my first like, quote, like press connection. Like, oh, wow, my list got put on this tracking board. People must like that I did this. Mm-hmm. Um, I only sent it to my tracking board. So it got uh, poached or leaked organically from there. Um now I'm obviously way more strategic about like how information gets out and what gets out. But at the time, you know, I was an assistant, so I was like, this is dope. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like five years later, like I've already done six of them and uh, it is what it is. I, it's, it's, it's the best worst thing I've ever done. Like I absolutely love it. I've met a ton of people. Um, I genuinely love the horror genre. Um, but you know, I'm also a manager. So my, clients come first and uh it's always been something that has been really awesome but is a lot of work so mm-hmm. that's why i decided to expand and this year is a big year for it so let's talk about the expansion and everything what's what's going on with the blood list in terms of you know new things coming up 
Um, well, some things I can talk about and some things I can't, but, okay. um, well, this year, you know, it was the sixth year, so I did the whole, like, 666 theme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the love list, for people who don't know, is the top 13 most, like, dark genre scripts of the year that are unproduced, released on Halloween annually. Um, so this year, because I had been talking to a couple, like, TV networks and book publishers about, like, I wanted to expand to, to pilots and books, so this year I did, and I also started a screenplay competition called New Blood with um, Stage 32, who are my partners on that. Mm-hmm. And so this year, which I actually don't think a lot of people realize, is this year I announced the top six New Blood winners, the top six most liked pilots, and the top six um, most liked dark genre books. Mm. So I'll just, I'll like give you a little bit of a hint that like the, some of the news might have to deal with like a network or a publisher um, in some kind of partnership. And also, you know, it only exists in name only, but I'm doing Bloodless Junior for, like, dark genre, like, YA children stuff, like, you know, the Goosebumps and Twilight and shit like that. Um, Because that's a huge interest of mine. Like, I love, like, Disney and I love dark stuff. So I feel like anything that kind of, you know, the early timber and, like, Beetlejuice, you know, stuff that's accessible for kids, but also is good for adults. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what Bloodless Junior is going to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I'm, you know, talking, you know, this is like where some wood I can knock on. I'm talking to some, you know, financial people, like, high net worth individuals and whoever to, you know, have the bloodless be a legit company that I can hire an exec and assistant and have it be very, a lot more separated from my day to day because, you know, first and foremost, I'm a manager and a producer. And so the bloodless is fucking awesome. But if I can, you know, have it be my production company and have employees, then not everything will fall on me. Like I'm saying, like, if there's news about the bloodless, people won't be like, Katie Marsh. It's like, it's not me. It's something I do, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of management, in terms of being a manager, do you have a preference or affinity for horror writers? Is that a, ma- a majority of your clients? I mean, it's an interesting, like, I, you know, I was just talking to one of my friends about this the other day, like, the last five years that I've been doing the list have kind of been, because I'm I'm a classic, like, as a person, like, I will sure. watch Igby Goes Down, and then I'll watch Rage 2. Like, there's no, like, I watch everything, I, like... I mean, I don't, you you wouldn't look at me and be like, oh, she loves horror. Like, I'm very girly. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of like not, I'm not the typical, quote, horror person, I guess. But that being said, you know, I do do a lot of horror stuff. Like a couple, I have probably, let's say I have 11 clients, probably four of them can or have or do right in the dark genre space. Um, You know, that's not a lot. That's only like a third. So there's that, but, you know, for the last couple of years, I was, like, fighting it. I was like, oh, I do everything else, too. And then this year, I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'll be the horror girl if you want me to be the horror girl. Because, you know, fortunately, <laughs> my clients are, you know, and this took years, it took, like, three years. But, you know, finally, my clients are all doing really well. And it's giving me the opportunity to kind of focus more on stuff that I'm doing for myself. Um, because, you know, it's just easier, you know, once your clients sell like two things to studios, like it becomes more of an incoming call and they get to be more selective too. So I'm fortunate, um, you know, I've been a manager for four years now. So four years down the line, I can, I can be the hard role that I wanted to be at first, but you know, it's hard. Like 
I know a couple managers who do a lot of horror stuff and like more power to them, but I like, I like diversity in my reading, you know, like I like people to be from different walks of life. And I think like things to be very, very different from each other. Like if, you know, otherwise reading becomes monotonous. Um, and, and also it's like, you can't have your clients be competitive with each other. Like, especially because I'm commission based. If all my clients were competing with each other, I would be homeless. Right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I and mean, that's the reality. Like this year I'm like, you know what? Like I'm going to produce some more stuff, but it's, it's mostly been like, you know, I tried to be the jack of all trades and now I, I am, but now I can focus more on what I've become so known for. So I should, I should suck it up because I actually like, I actually love her. So it's easier. Yeah, although I got to admit that someone submitting horror to you probably has a, a very tough road to climb because I'm sure you're that's that's your genre. I'm sure you read thousands of horror scripts, you've seen thousands of horror films. That's obviously in your wheelhouse obviously, but that might also I mean if they're not amazing, your eyes are going to glaze over within 10 pages. As opposed I mean, to, you know, I, another I'll, I'll say, like, everything does sort of become the same. Like, for me, too, it's, you know, I don't really like gory stuff. Like, I'm not really huge on violence, which might seem hypocritical for someone who loves horror, but it's like, you know, I like to be scared. I don't like to, like to be grossed out. Um, I think a huge thing that especially younger writers don't understand is everyone's like, oh, I'm going to write horror. It's going to sell. I'm going to make it contain. Someone's going to want to make it. And it's like, just write what you what scares you. Because if it scares you, it's going to scare other people. I get scared at everything. I love horror. That's why. I want to be scared. I go in wanting to be scared. If, if there's like an eyeball dangling out of someone's face, I'm like, oh, that's gross. It's probably cheesy. I've seen lots of makeup done. Like, it's like, I can... There's, you know, there's such a fine line between um, what's real and what's fake and horror, and it's like it's hard. Like that's why, also with gross out stuff, sometimes it comes across really cheesy, or monster stuff comes across a little bit too sci-fi channel. You know, it's like not to disparage, but it's like you know, horror's a really, really, really tough nut to crack. Mm-hmm. So I encourage people to write it, but I also encourage people to watch as many horror movies as you possibly can because you know. The horror crowd is super fucking difficult to please because they've seen everything. It's right. like a pack. You know, they've seen everything. They reference everything. They know, like, what kind of T-shirt so-and-so wore in, like, Nightmare 3. It's like, you know, they just know. Mm-hmm. So they're really, really harsh. Um, and so half of that, too, is, like, why I sort of stayed away from it for a minute because I just wasn't interested in doing the stuff that was popular at the time. Like, Horror is in an interesting um, wave right now. Like, I saw a couple movies I loved last year, like It Follows, Sorry Eyes, The Guest, Babadook. Like, those four movies were so dope. They were all so different from each other. They were all, like, a breath of fresh air. You know, it's like, they sure, every movie is derivative of something. But while I was watching those, I was like, damn, I wish I made these movies. Mm-hmm. You know? And so those are the kind of movies that get me excited. Um, or even like Nightcrawler, you know, that's not necessarily horror, but that's like real life horror of like the human mind type right. of thing. You know, horror is like, it's such a, there's such a broad spectrum of horror too. It's not just like, oh, there's a guy chasing with a knife. Like that's boring, you know, right. unless there's more to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So what are some of your favorite horror films ever? 
<sighs> I mean, I feel like, and that's the thing too, is like I feel like so cliche because it's like the same ones everyone loves, but I have to say, I've probably seen The Shining like 50 times. Yeah, brilliant. Um, every time I watch it, I discover something new. Um, I fucking love that movie so much. I mean, I'm like, I'm a little bit cornball too. Like, I like Urban Legend and Urban Legend Final Cut and like Blackula and like, um, I love Poltergeist. I love Poltergeist 3 a lot. Hmm. Um, what else? I love like What Lies Beneath, which could be considered more of like a thriller. What else? What have I liked recently? Well, I named the four that I really loved. I mean, there hasn't been anything that's super, super scared me. I love Paranormal Activity. I've seen it 35 fucking times because I had to host so many screenings. <laughs> uh, the Conjuring scared oh. me so much. I know it might not be the scariest movie, but when I watched it, I was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> um, oh, The Strangers. The Strangers scared me so much. I lived alone at the time. I was so terrified. I couldn't get up to turn the light on. I was freaked out to my core. <laughs> um, the fact that they're sitting on the sequel and like might never make it is so annoying. So whatever. But yeah, I mean, I just like scary stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and also it, it depends. It's like I'm 27, you know, so some of the stuff that people really love, like the older, older stuff, like the Halloween's and the Friday 13th, like I saw them when I was like 15, you know, like, right. so, like I saw them at a different time. Friday the 13th and Halloween one both scared the shit out of me, but I already saw them once I had seen so many other horror films. Right. So, you know, and heard so much about them. So it's like someone watching Star Wars today for the first time, they'd be like, wow, this seems like so derivative, but in reality, it's the opposite. Right. Know? Right. Absolutely. Now, in terms of clients, do you find clients mostly through referral, through contests and competitions, through queries, all of the above? All of the above. Yeah. Like, I'm really, like, the, the thing I'm the worst at is reading in a timely manner. Like, I'll admit that. Um, reading, finding time to read is, like, the hardest shit of all time. It's just, like, there's always something to be doing. And right. also, like, I can never just read anything. I have to, like, really read it and do notes or think about potentially doing notes if it's a potential client. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of get them from everywhere. Like, I'm I'm out all the time. Everyone's brother or sister is a writer, so I get stuff thrown to me that way. Um, referrals are the best. Like, I get a lot of referrals from agents. I wish I liked a lot more of the scripts that they gave me, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of everywhere. Like, I'm thinking about my clients now. Like, I've represented a lot of my clients that I represent now for, like, two and three years now. So I don't even remember how I found them. I mean, I guess in the beginning of my career, I was like, oh, my God, I want to read everything. Now I'm kind of like, shit, like, I have so much to read. Right. Not in a bad way, but it's just, like, I am trying to, you know, push all the stuff, all my clients' stuff forward. So I'm always looking for clients, but, like, not as much as someone who works with a bigger company who has multiple people on each person's team. And, you know, I just don't have the bandwidth. Right. Well, plus, I mean, I think that when an agent or manager is not looking for clients, when they tell a writer, you know, I'm not really looking for clients now, that's usually a soft pass. Every agent or manager is looking for great clients. I mean, nobody's going to turn down the the hot new thing or, you know, a script that's just absolutely amazing, no matter how many clients they have. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. So yeah. a lot of the listeners that we have are looking for representation. What sort of advice would you have for them 
um, in terms of either querying you or you know trying to land representation? It's <sighs> a tough one. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely easier for people that live in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, now all of my clients besides one live in LA or my, one of my, I had two New York clients up a month ago and now I have none. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, I wouldn't tell everyone you have to live here, but it's so much easier because you never know who you're going to meet at the gym or the grocery store or, you know, like who your roommate's going to be. Like it, it really is that who you know thing, not to discourage anybody, but it's like, I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't at least 75% of the way I met everyone I know. Right. Um, you know, honestly, like going back to my point of not trying to write something to put, to put it in the box, like I read so much stuff and so does every executive. I mean, arguably executives read way more than I do because that's their, mostly their job. Mm-hmm. So if, if an executive has 15 scripts to read over the weekend, which is not rare, and they're on script 14 and the 14th script is the most different thing out of the pile, then that gets mentioned. You know, like, in a staff meeting, all people want to do is present something to, like, anyone who's who's an assistant or, or junior executive is only trying to move up, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's ultimate incentive to find a new hot writer. If you're writing something that can fit in a box, like, you're going to be one of 100 people that are doing that same thing. You know, it's like, write, write stuff that you feel like you've never seen before. Some people don't agree with that advice. Like people are like, "Oh no, like don't write something too crazy." I'm like, I would rather read crazy than boring. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like even I just started working with a guy who has two scripts that I think are, you know, listen, I don't love the two scripts per se, but he's a really, really good writer. So I was like, you know what? I think that you could write like the next Mr. and Mrs. Smith or whatever it was that I was throwing out. And it's like I just, you know, I read enough and I've done enough where I'm like. You know, I can tell if someone's a good writer or not. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just write something awesome. If it's too expensive or whatever, like, let someone else decide that. Like, you don't decide that as a writer. Just write something that you think is super badass and focus. Like, everyone always focuses on the idea. Like, make sure, I know this sounds so stupid, but like, make sure the characters are really great. Like, make sure that they have depth and they're all different from each other. And like, you know, I think a lot of times, people try to go from zero to two, myself included on a daily basis. And I'm constantly trying to put myself in check and being like, you know, before you sell two projects, you have to sell one project to this place, you know? And I think a lot of writers don't really understand it, by the way, it's hard to, unless you're doing it, that if you write something, yes, you want to sell in a bidding war for $2.5 million, but also you just want somebody to like it Mm -hmm. first and foremost. You know, so it's like baby steps. And everybody who is writing scripts probably loves movies. So think about what you love about movies. Like, I can tell you what I love about every movie that I love. And so whenever I'm developing a script, like, you know, if you talk to my clients, like, I'm super hands-on. Like, I'm very hands-on with the development process. I'm always drawing out ideas and everything because, like, you know, I've seen a lot of movies. I know what people want, and, like, that it's a whole process. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know I'm rambling, but, yeah, I mean, it's like, and my biggest advice of all time is please read some scripts because if I read a script and it's not formatted correctly, I'm like, why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? And I under, like, there's a, there was a huge movement like two years ago where everyone was trying to do stuff with formatting, like bold stuff and underline certain stuff. And it's like, 
it's, it's this way for a reason. Right. I want to be, I want your writing to be different. I don't want the actual physical writing to be different. I want your ideas to be different and your characters to be different. I don't, I don't need you to like, you know, paint, like have the car covered in tin foil. I want the car to have fucking paint on it. The paint <laughs> can be a color I've never seen. You right. know? Um, yeah. Like be different, but don't try to like, don't try to be like I'm fucking Pluto when everyone else is on Earth, you know? Right. Don't put tinfoil on the car, Kaylee Marsh. Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm just like answering these questions as I'm, as I'm pacing around my apartment. So I'm like just thinking like, you know, when I, and here's the, here's the worst thing. Yeah. This is the worst thing. It's all I want to do is be able to sell a script. So if I really like someone yeah. and I really love their idea and I read the script and I don't love it, it fucking pains me because I want to, you know? So it's like if there are spelling mistakes or like if I've seen this idea a billion times because there have been four produced movies in the last 30 years that are similar to this, like why, you know, like why waste your time as a writer? Like writing it's so difficult. I'm not a writer. I couldn't be a writer. It's so difficult. And I would never, if I was a writer, I would never write something that I had seen before. Mm -hmm. You know, as a manager and producer, maybe you can talk a little bit about how that process works in terms of obviously agents can't be producers on material. They just go out and sell the material. Managers have this weird amorphous role of representative like an agent, but also as a development executive, they help work with their clients to put material together and find a buyer and all this. And then they, some of them also actively work on a project further once it gets picked up and purchased, you know, in terms of every aspect of the production. Uh, so maybe you can talk a little bit about the, the role of producer as a manager as well. Uh, I mean, that's a tough one because I feel like each person and each project is different. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely attached to produce a couple client projects, but they're ones that I've either was like extremely integral in the development process, like one above and beyond, and it's maybe my idea or the characters are based on me and my friends or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, or something that like I know that I can be beneficial to. Like I haven't, it's not like I've produced a bunch of stuff. Like I call myself a producer because now at this point, I feel comfortable being in charge because I know what everyone does on set. I know what goes into it. Like I've raised money. I've sold a film. I've developed stuff. I've sold scripts. Like, you know, it's like, I know how to do everything. So that's why I feel comfortable. Um, It's like, there's a lot of things that I'm just, I'm not producing even though I've done all the work because I'm not beneficial. Like, if it's a huge, huge, huge action movie, like I'm probably not going to attach myself to Bruce because I mean nothing in the space. Um, on the flip side, like if it's like a raunchy comedy or a horror script, like those are no brainers. I know a lot of people in the space and I genuinely like feel like I can be helpful with getting them made. Um, you know, I've worked on some stuff that like it's been, you know, in credit only. And I've worked on a lot of stuff where I've gotten money and I haven't gotten the credit, you know? So it's like, it really just depends on what you want. Um, there are a lot of people who are really like weird about it and like did like one line note and feel like they're so entitled and like can't be pulled off. And it's like, I'm not pulled off. Hold on. Rosie, hold on. I'm on the phone. Oh my God. My roommate's dog is like seriously the size of a shoe. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so I don't know. It, it really depends. Like, you know, my clients and I uh, are really close, like at least like three fourths of them because I've been working with them for so long. So it's like a lot of the times they'll be like, you know, you've done so much work on this, like you should produce it. And sometimes I'll say, yeah, and other times I won't, you know, um, it also depends. Like if something's going out wide and I attach myself to be a producer, like I better get a really, really good uh, other producer, like someone who's going to, who has a bigger name, you know, mm -hmm. like, like a Michael Bay or like a Lorenzo Devonaventura or something. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. The, the term producer is such a weird one because it's so multifaceted. Um, and I'm a manager because I like working with writers and directors. So it's like, if, if my name was going to ever be a hindrance to a project, I would take myself off. No problem. It's my client. I'm going to be benefit either way. And I want them to benefit as well, you know? Right. So it just depends. Now talking about clients and being in LA and networking in general, how important is it for writers to network either with other writers, with assistants in town, you know, whoever other people in the business, how important is it for writers to network? Well, I mean, it's so hard to make it these days. Yeah. So it's like if you go out and you meet anybody and they can be beneficial in any way, shape, or form, cool. Um, it's a double-edged sword because I've seen a lot of people get trapped in the, oh, I met this guy at a party and we both came up with an idea organically over a drink and now we're writing it together and it's like, mm, not always the best thing. You mm -hmm. know, or, oh, so-and-so oh, says he's a big producer and has access to financing. It's like, I've, I've heard that from every fucker on the block. Like, show me the check and then I'll believe you. Sorry, <laughs> show me your bank account and then I'll believe you. Until right. then, nobody has money as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's definitely important to network, like, for sure. It, you know, it's also important to be street smart. You know, like, just everyone that says that they have something to offer might not, you know? Right. So it's like, keep your... And also, the biggest type of mind is like, when I'm networking and someone like comes up to me at a party and they're like, I'm a writer. I'm like, that's cool. I'm at my friend's birthday party, you know? <laughs> right. So it's like, I don't necessarily always want to talk about work or if I do want to talk about work and they're like, you know, I'm up and they're like, hey, I'm a writer. I'm like, cool, what's your idea? And they can't pitch it to me. And I'm like, okay, well, if I was going to go up to someone who could do something for me, you best believe I'd know what to say to them, especially if I'm interrupting their conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's all about like having like networking etiquette, being prepared, um, or the other thing, it's like if someone um, sends me the script and that, you know, like I said, like they come up, they tell me this thing or, and they won't actually pitch me the idea. They're like, oh, like, you know, I want to sign a release or whatever. I'm like, yo, like I have zero energy to steal your idea. I have plenty of my own and all of my clients have plenty of their own. Right. You know, like I'm not going to steal your idea. I'm the last person that's going to do that. And by the way, no one really does that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like everyone, you know, like you could have 75 trips based on my last 30 tweets. Who cares? You know, like I'm not going to be, you can't live your life scared. Someone's going to steal your ideas because then 10 years down the road, you're the person who's like, I had this idea, but Avatar took it. It's like, okay. <laughs> like right. Cameron does not care about you. Right. So what are some of the mistakes, the uh, most common mistakes that people make or that writers make when pitching? The they just they don't know how to pitch. Like I, I think pitching and being comfortable pitching to someone is definitely an art and definitely a skill and something that's taken everyone practice. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, if you're like, Oh, like I don't know how to pitch my project, which I've heard a lot. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, how can you not know what you wrote? You know, right. if you're going to take the time to, 
spend every day sweating over a screenplay. Like, know what it's about. Know what you want to do with it. Like, you know, what it, what are the comps and, and like, what are the movies that remind you of? Like, what, where would you see this? Is this a 3,000 screen release? Is this a 10 screen release? Either one is great if you know what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you find a client you, you really like, you, you got a script, they're a new client, and you're trying to break a client for the first time. What is that sort of process like? Oh, my God. Each one's different, really. I mean, that's, like, super hard to answer. I mean, uh, it obviously takes a great script. Like, some, you know, I, and something ideal is something that I could send out and I don't really do this anymore, but it is a good way to introduce you to, quote, introduce you to the town, is a script that I can sell or send to at least 30 places. You know, something that's accessible or something that, going back to the, for the, the earlier conversation, is something that is so crazy and so unique that I'm like, take a look at this guy. Whether this idea is the craziest shit you've ever read in your life, you should just know based on his awesome characters that he could write a Marvel movie. You know? Mm-hmm. Um all the writer needs to worry about is not being an insane person, which is like very vague, but like, you know, it's, it's simple. It's like how you would, go, how you would be if you were going out to dinner, like, don't be weird. Like don't smell, like don't ask stupid questions, like research who you're meeting with. But you know, it's kind of my job to build the writer. Like they're all the writer right. needs to do is write, you know, mm-hmm. write and read. And if they do that, then they're, then they're doing their job, and it's my job to right. to sell it, you know? Right. We have a section of the podcast where we like to know what you're reading, watching, playing, and listening. Uh, um, well, reading mm-hmm. legitimately client stuff or a couple of queries that I've requested or things that I need to read. Um, watching my new favorite show um, is Broad City. What, what is Broad City? So hilarious. It's like, I just started watching it, but it's like these two girls who have this web series that I guess Amy Poehler found or something, and now she EPs it, but it's a show on Comedy Central. It's just two girls who are like stoners and crazy and a little bit of losers um, living in New York. Like, it's so fun. Like, it's just, I just, like, for me, because all my work um, and all my days are so intense, Mm -hmm. like, the things I'm watching unless I have to watch something like a screener or whatever is like, I just want fun shit. Like I live for Bob's burgers. Bob's burgers is totally my jam. It's so hilarious. And I love Bojack Horseman. Uh, I have a client who works on it. So I'm a little bit biased, but that show is so hilarious on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I just finished like house of cards. What else do I like? I like American horror story. I like the third season the most out of all these seasons, but the fourth season's a little bit bonkers. I never thought I would admit this, but like, when I really just need to unwind the Kardashians, like, <laughs> I cannot get over how fun it is just to watch some insane people be insane on camera. Like, I love it. Um, listening to, who am I listening to? Jeez, kind of everything. Like, I've gone through a phase recently with rap where I'm listening to, like, or, like, you know, um, I'm listening to, like, Ray Strummer, who has that song, No Type and No Flex Zone. I don't even know who I'm listening to. I'm a little bit brain dead right now. I've been listening to just like, I listen to like classical music in the car, you know? Oh. So I'm kind of like, and in the car, honestly, you know what I do? I listen to people talk at me. That's what I listen to. I'm on the phone like right. constantly. You're just rolling calls on the phone. So you're yeah, listening to other people's to listen, voices. Or or they're listening to mine. I'm right. talking or listening. 
in the car. Right. Um, but I kind of listen to everything. Like, I like Porter Robinson. Like, I was just dating this guy who um, works in music and is always just hitting me up with cool shit. So. Cool. And playing, are you yeah. playing anything? Do you play video games or games on your phone or anything like that? Not really. Um, when I was home two weeks ago, or when I was on uh, my family reunion two weeks ago, my cousins were obsessed with that app, Five Nights at Freddy's, that mm-hmm. horror app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was playing that a little bit. Uh, not really. I'm not really... I used to be such a gamer, but uh, not anymore. I can barely even play anything. Like, I can't even barely figure out the controller. Like, I should. <laughs> I should. Um, but no, not really. Gotcha. And, and lastly... What is your best advice for aspiring screenwriters, just in general? Or is there anything else you want to share? I mean, I guess the best advice is, like, just super basic stuff, like, be positive. Um, When you say that I'm passionate, it's mostly just, like, I don't know what else I would be doing if Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing this. Like, I, you know, I love what I do, and I think that it comes across to people, and they feel like it's gotten me, uh, it's gotten me a long way. You know, I still have plenty to go to not get me wrong, but like, I never like, and I, by the way, I think about giving up like every day too, you know, it's like, I'm a Gemini only child, like, you know, you got to expect that, <laughs> but you know, it's just like, be as positive as possible. Um, I can't tell you when I've had meetings with people and it's been hard to talk to them, um, how I'm just like, you know, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Like, I don't want to talk to you, you know? Right. Um, I talk to my clients like all the time and so intensive to develop the script. And sometimes it's heartbreaking when you go out with something that you absolutely love and it doesn't sell. Or sometimes it's heartbreaking when you do sell it and people want to change everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really, really tough business. I've, I've been cut out of stuff. My clients have been cut out of stuff. We've been fucked out of money. We've been fucked out of credits. Like you never know what's going to happen, but if you like try to stay positive, like people will want to work with positive people. Right. That's so. good advice. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show, Kaylee. Of course. Thanks for having me. You can follow Kaylee on Twitter, at Kaylee Marsh, or you can check out The Bloodlist on Twitter, also at The Bloodlist. There's The New Blood and The Bloodlists, which The new, the Bloodlist is voted on by industry insiders, correct? And then The New Blood, yeah. can, people can submit scripts and, and all that other kind of good stuff. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's legit, just like any other screenplay competition sure. in a way where it's like you do pay to submit, but yeah. we basically have to pay readers through multiple rounds. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's good. I mean, the winners last year, like they're all getting wrapped and they've read everywhere. And it's like, I, I didn't create the blood list to, you know, like I said earlier, like I didn't really create it to do anything specific. It just kind of happened, but I haven't continued to do it to make bigger writers bigger. I definitely, as a manager, first and foremost, love discovering talent and breaking talent. And I want to create superstars, not moose off of them or help the stars out more than they're already are up there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely like love discovering new voices. I think new blood was a good, uh, way to do that last year. It was pretty successful. Like I think this year is going to be much bigger. I think we open up submissions in April. Don't quote me on that, but I'm um, quoting you I'm gonna on try that. To, no, <laughs> I'm going to try to actually like update the bloodless website, yeah. which would be a good thing to do. <laughs> um, and figure out what stage 32 when we're going to start. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep, keep it updated. And you will read all the winners, correct? Um, I read, what did I read this last year? I read the top 10. Okay. I only read the top 10. That's the thing, too. Everyone was like, oh, can you read my script? I'm like, no, like, I'm reading the top 10. Like, I have a whole roster of clients. Like, I have to, like, I wish I could just read everyone's screenplay all the time. Um, and maybe when I'm a millionaire, I'll have more time to do that. But right now, it's like, my clients require a lot of attention. 
because I, I'm trying to build them into, you know, superstars. And sure. a lot of them are very close and on their way and doing great things. And it's taken a, it's, you know, it's very time intensive. Right. So, uh, but yeah. Um, great. So if you have questions about the craft or business of writing, you can send us an email to ask at scriptsandscribes.com or send us a tweet to at scriptscribes. There's no and in the middle there, just at scriptscribes. Thank you again, Kaylee, for coming on. And thank you all for listening.